0: Tonight, right away, take your Bibles with me to Matthew, not Matthew, Mark, chapter number 10, Mark chapter number 10, and we'll dive in here in just a few moments. Mark chapter number 10, and we're going to do, we've been doing now, we are into the New Testament, we've done a book by book through the Bible to help you have kind of some notes for Bible study, so when you read the book of Mark, you kind of have an idea what is going on. And so that's a good thing. And so I've mentioned before, if you haven't been here for all of them and you'd like a copy, we've done from Genesis now to the book of Mark. So if you'd like any of those or you're missing some, let me know what you're missing and I can get you copies of those so you can have those. And that will be good. couple quick announcements that we're going to make. This Saturday is our Saturday. What do we call that, Ryan? I forget what we have. What do we, what did we call it? Saturday Reaching Our Community. Man. It's terrible because of COVID. It's been so long. We're going to go pass out door hangers this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock. Breakfast will be at 9.30. I'm going to send out a text tomorrow so we know exactly who will be here. And you and I haven't talked about any of that yet. We'll talk about that and get that all figured out. And so that will be good. If they can knock on your door and pass out and try and get you to sign up for the census and do different things, we can leave a gospel invite, and that will be a good thing. Um, We talked about doing a trunk-or-treat activity here on November 1st. And the city sent me a note last night and they're wanting churches and businesses, anybody who will, they're doing something around Halloween. They're calling it the Halloween Spooktacular and they want people to help run. They have, they're going to take the big park down the street Ayala and they're going to have people set up um, canopies and things and pass out candy to kids that drive by in their cars. They're expecting over 4,000 kids that night and every car that comes through we'll be able to give them a track and candy. And so instead of having to have it here and risking anything going on, we can just go down there and do it right there and get our tracks out to all those families and be a part of that, and we don't have to have it here. So the November 1st that night will just be a regular evening service and kids' class will be normal. We'll figure all that out. So I'm going to need some people's help you know the only requirements are the the cars are gonna be driving through. You got to wear a mask and wear gloves. That's the requirement. So we'll make it very simple, make it work. And so I I could use. They said that they they said they could use us to do two or three different canopies, or even up to five if we'd be willing to. And I said I think we could do it. So we need two people per per canopy. It's uh I'll get you all the details. I gotta get it all figured out. But the lake called me literally. An hour ago back, so I waited all day for a phone call so I'd have more information, but I think that's good, and then we don't even have to do anything here. It's even better, less planning, less prep, make you know, thank the Lord, it'll work out just fine, and a great way to get a track to everyone that comes and so that's a good thing. I say, will they read it? I don't know, but you still give it to them that still will be a, yeah yes, we got to have yeah, because we have to provide our own candy, so just like we would do here. So I need all the candy we can get. So the more candy, the better, because there's 4,000 kids. You can help. Good. So make sure you check your schedule, though, before you tell me that, because you'll tell me that. And then, oh, but I forgot about that one thing. And uh, Belinda forgets something? No, that would never happen. Um, it's going to be the 31st. So... Um, All right, let's take our Bibles tonight. Mark chapter 10. We're going to look down at verse number 42. We're going to read a few verses, and then I will give you an overview over the book, and we will watch the video at the end, and we'll be on our way. And We're doing good on time. Good, all right. Mark 10, verse number 42. But Jesus called them to him, and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise authority upon them, but so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. The theme verse for the entire book of Mark is verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many let's look at that verse one more time for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many father i pray you bless the next few minutes that we have here tonight i pray that as we study your word that you would help us as we look at this cha- this book tonight pray that we would become more familiar with the book of mark and i know As we get into the Gospels here, these are more familiar to us than what some of the minor prophets were that we went through. But there are still things that we can learn and some things that will help us going forward from the book of Mark. Bless the time that we have. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last week we looked at the book of Matthew, and each of the Gospels is just a little bit different. I mentioned to you last week how I had one person who was new to the Lord, and they said, Pastor, Pastor. It's so neat that Jesus came four different times to earth. I'm like, no, he came once. Then why does it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they t- they, it's, just, it's just telling the full story in four different lights for us to see. And so, and you know, and you think, and I think that's great that people just start reading the Word of God. And that's where it all begins. If you, if you have all the answers to the Word of God, why would you read it? We don't have it. We don't have it all figured out. I've been studying the Bible a long time and I've still got a long ways to go. And uh, some of you have been studying it longer than I've been born, and you still have a long ways to go. We all do. and But each one of the Gospels is just a little different in the account. We looked last Wednesday night at the book of Matthew, which showed Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews. It focused The book of Matthew focused on the Old Testament prophecies, the Old Testament Scriptures, and how Jesus fulfilled those. And the audience was the Jews... And they would be real familiar with all those prophecies, but still they missed it. The book of Mark, we look here tonight, and Mark is different. We see that the book of Mark shows Jesus as the ultimate servant. And shows him in a different light. book of Matthew, if you remember how the book start out, Jesus is born. The wise men come and worship the king of kings. The book of Mark, go to chapter number 1. Doesn't talk about his kingly line. It just says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Doesn't talk about his birth. Doesn't talk about his parents. Doesn't talk about those who came and worshiped him. Doesn't talk about the angels worshiping him. So why doesn't it? Because no one cares about the servant. The servant, his genealogy doesn't matter. The king, the genealogy matters. Being a man, the son of man, In Luke, that matters. But in the book of Mark, because he is a servant, he portrays a servant, doesn't show all the genealogy. The book of John doesn't either. That's because it shows Jesus Christ as God, and God has no genealogy. Because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We see the book of Mark, it focuses much less. If you remember Matthew, it focused a lot on his teaching. You had the Sermon on the Mount, you had a lot of parables. But the book of Mark doesn't focus so much on his, the teaching that Jesus did. It focuses on the actions that he did and how he served people and less on his thoughts and more on his works. You think about this. You might look at it this way. Matthew underscores what Jesus said. Mark emphasizes what he did. Luke reveals what Jesus felt. And John showcases who Jesus was or is. I'm just going to give you tonight a brief summary of the book and then I want to talk a little bit about the writer of the book and give you a few thoughts on John Mark. And what a great story. He didn't start out very well. And even one of the greatest Christians to ever live gave up on him. But then he ends up being one of the ones to write one of the four Gospels. I'm so glad that we serve a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. But he doesn't give up on us when we fail him. He'll still use us, and I'm so thankful for that. We'll get in. And I'll give you some facts about the Book of Mark, and then we'll watch the video at the number one. Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels. There are only 16 chapters in the Book of Mark, so Mark's the shortest of the four Gospels. Secondly, we believe the writer was Mark, also called John Mark. Now, when you think about the apostles. John Mark was not an apostle, he was cousin to Barnabas, and a beloved son in the faith to Peter. He went on Paul's first missionary journey, and he ended up turning back and going back. And this book, as we look at this from the very beginning when it was written, we all know, and the one thing you've got to understand is Mark might have been the human author, the human pen that God used. But the scripture is given to us by inspiration of God, which means that God, the Holy Spirit, moved on the writers and pinned the words. So, yes, Mark was the human instrument God used, but the Holy Spirit, it's his book. And I've used the example before. If I'm going to write a letter, the other day I had to write, um, for the chaplaincy thing that I'm doing, I had to write a, a biography, an autobiography, my whole life, and all these different pages. I used a pen as my instrument to write down my words, the instrument God used to pen his words for men. There's no way men could write the Bible. 1,600 years, over 40 different authors, and they all agree everywhere in a 1,600-year time span. Only God could have done that. No one else could have. And as men has tried for years to contradict the Bible, the Bible has never once contradicted itself. When we think the Bible's wrong, it's our understanding that's wrong on those things. And this book, from the very beginning, has been attributed to Mark since the very early days of Christianity. Um, Papias, who was known as, to the disciples, lived around 60 to 163 A.D., attributed also to Mark. And remember when uh, Peter was in prison and the church prayed for him when Peter was in prison? It was John Mark's mom's house that Peter came to when he was released and so we see that John Mark he would have he would know some things um, it's also believed number three it's believed that Mark is Peter's account of his time with Christ you got to understand something John Mark probably was not right there firsthand John Mark spent a lot of time with Peter and something that's very interesting as you read through and it's so And uh, one theologian called Mark the memoirs of Peter. And Mark spent a lot of time with Peter and probably heard him going over all these things that the Lord had done. And um, some say also, number four, that it was probably one of the earliest Gospels written. We don't know the exact time, but we know it was before the temple was destroyed in 70 AD is when it was written. And... uh, And how do we know that? Go to Mark chapter 13 for a second. Jesus answers, saith unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another. Thou shalt not be thrown down. And so... This was probably right before, that was before, it was written before all that stuff had happened. And so Peter, now people will say, how do, you know, how do you know that Peter and John Mark spent time together? There are different theologians, historians and all those things. And you say, does it really matter at the end of the day? No, we know John Mark under inspiration of God. We know the book of Mark is one of the books of the Bible. We understand that to be true. But it's just interesting to note and um, and you think about the book as you go through it, I already mentioned to you that the key verse is there in chapter number 10, verse 45. But just look, I want you to look with me at a few different stories here and just see Jesus in action. Go to Mark chapter number eight, go to Mark chapter number eight. Look down to verse number 27. Says and Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and by the way he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered John the Baptist and some Elias and others one of the prophets, and he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ, and he charged them that they should tell no man. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders. And of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that, saying openly, and Peter rebuked him, and began, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And when he had turned about and looked on the disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, and the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him, with the disciples also, he saith unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Go down to chapter number 9. Go down to verse number 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not, that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, that they should kill him. And after that he is killed, he should rise the third day. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. And he Isn't it, isn't that funny? They know who Jesus is. They knew who he was. They knew how he acted, the things he could do. And they were afraid to ask him that they didn't understand it. Didn't they they, they already knew that he already knew their hearts? He knew what they were thinking, but they were still afraid to even ask him. It says in then, verse 33, and he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he saith unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. We read a few minutes ago there in chapter number 10. And you don't see this in the other Gospels. This is special to the book of Mark, where Christ is goes out talking about how he's going to minister. That's the whole goal. And a servant. You look at our world today. Who says the servant is the greatest? That, no one would say that, right? But that's the way the Lord works. That's how how it's supposed to be. And we think about Jesus as a servant, and its focuses on all the things that he would do. As I mentioned, Mark has no genealogy. It just goes right into what he did because no one cares about the pedigree of a slave or of a servant. If you notice, going through the book, there are a couple words that are used over and over again, straightway and immediately, are used over and over again. And his favorite words, straightway and immediately, chapter 1 and 2, I could just picture, and as you read chapters 1 and 2, and uh, it's always good that my kids are the ones being loud in the service, that's a good thing when that happens there, and so, uh, that's good, and, uh, or someone else being loud, but it's okay. A few months ago, I was missing all these distractions in the room, and now, I don't miss the distractions. I'm, the distractions would be fine to go away. I'm just teasing. But um, you I could just picture, if you go to chapter number one, go back there with me. And you just see all these things going on, and then you just see immediately, you see straightway, immediately, just like the story's being told and moving quickly. And I could just picture Peter, Mr. Impetuous Peter, who walked on water, spoke up to the Lord and did these different things cuts off the soldier's ear I can just see him just telling these stories the word and is used 80 times in chapter 1 alone of the book of Mark Jesus did this and he did this and he did this and then he did this and then he did this basically how the book of Mark is going and straightway he did this immediately he did this very little teaching it's all about what he did the book of Matthew and the book of Luke are like a picture slideshow. Where you've got the book of Mark is like a fast-paced movie cutting to different camera shots. You'll notice something also. Mark uses the, some of the least amount of parables. Technically, there's one gospel that uses less parables than Mark. Anybody know which gospel it is? The out. William, Luke, no, John. But in the book of Mark, there are seven parables told. It's interesting, no good Samaritan, no prodigal son, no rich man, no Lazarus, no talents, none of those parables are mentioned in this book. I mentioned to you earlier that the book of Matthew last week was written to the Jews. The book of Mark was probably written from Rome, and it was written to a Roman audience. Lots of things that you can see through there. If you look, the first person to properly identify Christ after on his death was the Roman soldier. A lot of Jewish customs are explained in the book of Mark that aren't explained in the other Gospels for the Romans or... The Gentile audience. Um, some things, some Roman method of time was used in chapter number six. Latin terms like measurements, like legions, and different things are used. And much fewer, the book of Mark has much fewer Old Testament quotes in it because the Gentiles wouldn't have had any thoughts for the Old Testament. So you see how it was written in a different light, just showing Christ to us. And so the book of Mark, it's an amazing book, and I, I challenge you, one of the things that I do often, and I've mentioned it in other services as well, all four Gospels, one thing they all have in common is they all talk about Jesus dying on the cross, what he suffered, and how he rose again. And I try to read every week, I read through the Gospel account of his death, his burial, his resurrection. I know some people are out there like, I don't like reading about his death. He loved us so much. And keeping that fresh in our minds, it might help us live for him more. And I think it's a very important thing to do. I want to take a little bit of time tonight, and we've gone through the book some. The video we'll watch in a few minutes will give you even more detail about the book. I want to take a little bit of time tonight. I want to talk about something just as important. I want to talk about John Mark for a few minutes. I want you to go with me. You're going to have to take your Bibles and look at some verses with me over the next few minutes. I'm going to give you a little Bible study, a short Bible study, and a few points about John Mark tonight before we're done. If you take your Bibles with me to Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12. We're just going to read a few verses here. I'm going to give you a few thoughts, and we will be on our way tonight. Acts 12. I was thinking as I was preparing for the book of Mark, i like, Oh yeah, I got through chapter 6 on my daily devotions and then I stopped going any further. We got through 6 chapters of Mark and didn't finish the book of Mark. Might need to go back and do that sometime. Acts 12, verse 25. The Bible says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now look at chapter number 13 and go down to verse number 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Go down to verse number 13. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Pappas... They came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. And so we see at this point, John, John Mark had been with them to this point, went on this missionary journey, and at this point he decides to go home. Maybe because of some of the the way that they were received where Paul had gone, He decided to go home and didn't think this was for him anymore. But in other words, he quit on this missionary journey. And we go to chapter number 15 of the book of Acts, and we see him mentioned again. You go down to verse number 36. Probably the greatest missionary combo ever was Paul and Barnabas. And in in the Bible... Paul is talked about a lot, and Paul is such a great Christian and does so many great things for God. If I'm going to be honest with you, though, one of the men in the Bible that does not get a ton of attention, but the one I would like to be the most like, would be Barnabas. What an encourager of the people of God. And I want you to know something. Do you know if it wasn't for Barnabas, there probably would be no Paul. That's how powerful Barnabas' testimony and the encouraging. You remember, Paul gets saved, and he wants to preach the gospel and be with all the disciples. And uh, the disciples are like, yeah, right. You are trying to kill all of us, and all of a sudden, you magically got saved, and now you're going to preach the gospel? No, you're going to come and take us all to jail is what you're going to do. And who came alongside him? Barnabas just like the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. Barnabas was there, and he's like, I've seen He got saved. This guy is the real deal. He encouraged him. Look at chapter 15. This is is crazy here. Look at verse 36. We see the end of the greatest missionary combo ever. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Panthilia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. So that Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Barnabas like, let's take John Mark with us. Paul's like, he quit on us once, why would we take him again? And two men you say, who was right? Was Paul right or was Barnabas right? I'm not worthy of either one of their Christianities, so you can ask them in heaven who was right. I personally believe that Barnabas was. Last time Barnabas ever mentioned in the scriptures, right here, he's never mentioned again. But man, Barnabas in chapter number four sells his goods to be a blessing to the church. He is a blessing and an encourager to Paul. Paul didn't want John Mark. Barnabas says, no, he's, still, he's worth something. Let's take him with us. We go to Colossians chapter number four. Go to Colossians now. And Paul ends up talking about him again. It's amazing how that happens. Go to Colossians four. We'll look at a few, different, few more verses here about him. Colossians chapter four. You say, Pastor, this is a study on the book of Mark. I'm telling you about the author. So this all goes hand in hand. Let me give you a few thoughts here in just a minute. Colossians four, verse number 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salute you. And Marcus, sister son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. Also, he's saying if Marcus, they're talking about him, John Mark, if he, if he comes, receive him. Oh, Paul didn't want to take him earlier, did he? Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And look at verse number 10 and 11. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Now look at this right here. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Wait a second, Paul. This is the guy you said no to bring back on the journey, wasn't it? That's what Paul said. Go to Philemon. Philemon, just a few pages up from there. Philemon. Look at verse 23 and 24. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Look at who else he mentions again. Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. We see that Marcus, John Mark is mentioned again right here. And go to 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. And we know that Peter, 1 Peter comes from Peter, right? Under inspiration. Look at what Peter says about John Mark here. Verse number 13. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute you, and so doth Marcus, my son. So it ends. Up, and so you think about you know how Timothy was one of Paul's sons in the Lord. That's how it ended up for John Mark with Peter. That's why we believe that he was just giving Peter's thing of the gospel of Mark there in the Gospel of Mark. But I want you to understand a couple of thoughts. How could a guy bail out on the missionary journey? He bails out. Barnabas, is like, let's take him again. Paul says, nope. And they split. We never hear of Barnabas again, but we hear of John Mark several times. And Paul goes from saying, he's basically, I don't want nothing to do with him, to, hey, John Mark, he's profitable. Only loose. Luc- Bring John Mark, he's profitable to me. I want to give you a few quick thoughts on that. Number one, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. Things happen. Personalities get in the way. John Mark probably was wrong to have turned back on that missionary journey. He was probably wrong. You know, was Barnabas and Paul, they probably... They probably both had some wrong in the situation. Only by pride comes contention. That's what the Bible says. Could have been more Paul than Barnabas? I don't have a clue, and I'm not going to judge that. Like I said, I would rather be the Barnabas in the story. People make mistakes. Obviously, Paul thought that John Mark was wrong for going back. Paul, you think about, but the thing you've got to understand is no one's perfect. I don't understand why we we look at people. We want people to be good to us and forgive us when we mess up with them. But then we expect perfection out of everyone else. People make mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. We are not perfect. John Mark, he messed up. People make mistakes. Number two, God can use us in spite of our mistakes. Isn't that wonderful to know? Because guess what? We are all mistake prone in this room tonight. Each and every one of us. But even though we mess up, God can still use us in spite of our mistakes. God still used Mark to pin one of the four Gospels. He had 12 apostles. I wouldn't have used Jude. So he had 11 that could have wrote the Gospels. Why didn't he pick James? Peter, James, and John, they were the three three close ones. Peter's brother Andrew, why not Andrew? Why Mark? And think about this. God takes things and God uses us in spite of our mistakes. Think about this. Did Paul and Silas do great work after the time that Paul and Barnabas split? Yes. Did God use Barnabas and John Mark? He had to have because John Mark was now profitable. So God took two men and their stupidity or their, whatever you want to say it, their pride and split up and had two teams. God's work was still getting done. God uses and God can use us in spite of our mistakes. God used that division to get the gospel out even more. People make mistakes. God can use us in spite of our mistakes. God can use our imperfections for his perfect plan. Think about that one for a little bit. I'm so thankful that he does. Number three, different people can be used in different ways. Everyone doesn't have to be like you or me. Paul's the one who said, I can't work with him. Peter's the one who said, that's my son. Barnabas is the one who said, we need to take him with us. Different people can be used in different ways. Who was right about John Mark? all right in their own way allow people to be different than you we don't need everyone to think the same as we do or be molded into our image if the whole world was like you this world would be even worse than it is today i don't want everyone to be like me there's one of me and that's enough There's one of you, that's enough. But different people can be used in different ways. God uses, think about this, God uses different personalities. He uses different preferences. He uses different people all for his honor and for his glory. Paul had divisions with John Mark. He had divisions with Barnabas. He had divisions with Peter. And he was still an amazing man used by God. John Mark quit and he still was used by God. Peter couldn't, Peter talked too much and should have been quiet at certain times. He shouldn't have told the Lord. He shouldn't have rebuked the Lord. Can you imagine rebuking the Lord? That's Peter. I won't deny you. He just said you would, and he's God. How? And you just confessed he was God just earlier. And now you're telling him he can't do that? And God used Peter in a great way? God took Moses who had an anger problem and used him to be the, one the an anger problem and yet the meekest man. Think about that one and how that all goes together. God used David. God uses different people. No one has to be just like you. They don't have to have your thoughts. They, it's amazing how that works. And then number four, give people time and space don't burn bridges give people a chance let them grow things may come back around you all think i'm done so you're just gonna pack up your notes i'm not done i'm still talking about that last point don't lose out on something because you're packing your stuff up you don't know how many times i've had people come to my office and be like pastor i'm done done with what i'm never coming back to this church you're an egotistical maniac i think only that's only been said once or twice you're you're an idiot yeah that's true a few other choice names have been given i learned a long time ago people might get a little upset am i going to be perfect in all my dealings no i sure wish i was I wish that anybody who came to talk to me or anything, that I wish every single time I did everything perfectly. I really do, but I don't. But one of the things that I've learned, never, never close the door or burn a bridge. You always leave an opening, always. And I've seen it over and over again in 10 years' time where people leave. And when people leave, I normally write a letter and a nice long test text message, thanking them for their time here, even if they cussed me out of my office an hour before that. I always want them to know that that door' is always open to them. They can always come back. Sometimes people just need a little bit of time and space. Don't ever write someone off. Because aren't you glad that the Lord doesn't write us off? That's how the Lord works, and I'm so thankful for that. What if Barnabas and Paul both wrote off John Mark? What would have happened? We need to be like Jesus. We need to be like Barnabas. And just because someone messes up, and sometimes we mess up and there's punishments, there's things that take place, all that, I get all of that. But where are the ones who are going to be there to help encourage and move and help others along? We all make mistakes. Thank God he uses us in spite of our mistakes. Different people can be used in different ways and give people time and space. Say, but they don't just, des- you, you don't know what hard time they had. Maybe You know what, John Mark, what if it was that day was just a really tough day on him? And he saw something happen, that's probably probably around the time that one of, uh, some persecution happened to Paul on that journey. Probably scared him, freaked him out a little bit. Do you want to be judged on every little thing you do? No. Be good to people. Love people. Encourage people. You know in a church what we need? We need a bunch of Barnabas is what we need because there are those who mess up and we all do at times but where are the ones who go and encourage the ones who've messed up and encourage them to keep going that's what we need right now with the craziness in our world and everything going on there are a lot of people that just need encouragement go out of your way to encourage people go out of your way to show them some love Say, but that person doesn't. Everyone deserves some encouragement. Be there. Be good to people. But sometimes you just got to give people some time and space, but never burn the bridge. Always give them an opportunity to come back.